We continue this morning with our readings from the book of Luke. This morning, a very familiar story from chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of our Lord. Thanks, Hal. You may be seated. During a meeting we had this week um, as staff, Summer Anthony, who uh, leads our work with missions um, here in our community in the broader world, kind of came into um, the meeting and I could tell she was a little bit more quiet and self-reflective. And she shared with us a perspective in that meeting that I can't stop thinking about. And what she talked about was, in a matter of a couple days, it seems that our country has shifted its focus from the deaths of Alton Sterling and Philando Castile and the shooting deaths of the police officers in Dallas and all the challenging and necessary conversations that have come about because of that. And now we're ensued with this obsession of the new virtual game, Pokemon Go. And I really had to think about that because that morning, that Wednesday morning, I happened to catch not only the local news, but the national news, and Summer was right. All these focused reports on Pokemon Go, why it has become so popular, some of the challenges with the game. And it really made me wonder, along with Summer, why is our attention span so short for matters of the heart? for those things that are difficult and can be decisive. Are we really this distracted by the next new shiny thing? So I have to admit to you today, Summer's provocative insights are with me as I read this story for the week, along with the fact that I have to admit that this Mary and Martha story is not a favorite story of mine in the Bible. And I think that's why, I think that's because I have heard reflections on the story that just haven't sit well with me. Like number one, I've heard this, Martha is just too busy and focused on the wrong things. Now, if you have ever hosted Thanksgiving dinner, you know the feeling when you're juggling, carving the turkey, making the gravy, warming the rolls, plating the mashed potatoes while taking the green bean casserole from the oven and corralling everyone to let them know it's time to eat. It takes work to host and action is needed to make things happen. Not just in our homes, but also in church. If you think about it, if the only thing that we did was read the Bible here at church, nothing would get done. 
both service, hospitality are essential in everything that we do in the world. Number two, I've heard this reflection on this story, that we should all just spend more time reading the Bible and being with Jesus like Mary. Again, I think this downplays the role of hospitality or serving others, which we have just heard about the essential nature of that in the sending of the 70 to go out and receive the hospitality of those people that they would encounter. And also the Good Samaritan, where a priest and another person walked by this man who was wounded in the ditch. We are called to come close to people and take action. And yet another reflection that I've heard on this story that just doesn't sit well is pitting Mary against Martha, trying to create these sides of faith. Like, are you team Martha in service, or are you team Mary in the one that's more devoted to reading the Bible and the more contemplative side of faith. To create opposing side to matters that are really both good and needed. And it's clear in the entirety of the Gospel of Luke that both listening to Jesus and acting upon that are part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so I have to be honest, all of these perspectives just seem too shallow. So we wrestle then with what Jesus has to say to us this day. What I find interesting in this story is that Jesus enters the home of Martha. And it's named that way. Martha was not just the significant other of someone else. This was her home. We don't know the whole story there which was not typical for women to have their own home in Jesus' time. And it certainly was not typical for a man to be hosted in the home of a woman. And then Mary, obviously a woman, is able to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen. Women in this story are called into the role of, the, of a disciple, just as it would be for a man. So it's clear from this story that Jesus opens up a new possibility. Mary is clearly given full access to Jesus. Now we can hear in this story that Jesus is scolding Martha for being too distracted on the wrong things. Yet I wonder if what Jesus is saying to Martha and Mary, look at what is possible in God's world. Anyone now is welcome to sit at the feet of me. There's no slotted role for people. Maybe Martha was so used to her prescribed role that she didn't even consider the freedom and this possibility that Jesus ushers in. She's no longer limited to the role of hostess. The perceived world has been turned upside down. Now there's fresh air and freedom in this message, in this story, but there's also turmoil because we know that our world likes the established orders of things and it doesn't always like Jesus messing with how the world runs. And it can easily make this story and others into our lives 
into opposing sides and teams both vying for what is right. Yet, with the inbreaking of the story of Jesus, that God decides to enter in and come close in this world, it does two things. It convicts us, but it also sets us free. The gospel is not neat and tidy. It both comforts and it afflicts. And it calls us to reimagine what is possible when we think about it from God's eyes. We can't miss in this story what Jesus is breaking open, what is possible when God's kingdom comes close, and what is possible when we dare to name this and talk about it with others. Now, I think the other missing angle of this story is we didn't get to hear, did Martha go directly to Mary to ask her why she wasn't helping out? So it's proof that there's even triangulation in the Bible. Martha goes to Jesus rather than to Mary herself to be in direct conversation about this. So I wonder, what would be the conversation that ensued after all the guests had left that night? Was there any talk about how each other felt? how it would be that Jesus would enter into their home and invite and allow them to sit at his feet and listen. What if both Mary and Martha could have a conversation about this? This story is relevant for us. It's not a story of old. And I have to say for myself, it's not a stale story that I think I know. What is possible in the world, and what does God see? How will Mount Olivet be a part of what can be possible in this world? We could get easily distracted by the next thing and avoid the difficult conversation because we prefer to keep things neat and tidy, or we, we can dare to come close, dwell and listen to Jesus, and heed the call about the next conversation. After worship on this last Wednesday night, I had a conversation with a Mount Olivet member. And as expected, we exchanged greetings and caught up a bit on our happenings this summer. And then she paused for a moment, looked in my eyes and said, Pastor Beth, what is Mount Olivet doing to address diversity? I've been caught up in all that's happening in the world and I feel called to be a part of something. I just don't know what that is. I was caught off guard, I was surprised, but I was also enveloped in hope. And so we had this great conversation that of our three strategic goals, one of them is to talk about diversity, to bring voice and build relationships on what that can mean for us right now. I invited her to be a part of that conversation, and she said yes. When God's kingdom comes close, and it is close, it's here, what's possible can be disrupting, but it also can be freeing. We can easily fall back into our established rows and rules and draw lines in what we think is right or wrong, or decide to focus on something else 
or we can continue to come back to dwelling with God in scripture each and every time and think about what's possible with God. We have two baptisms today and Lucy and Ethan, I say to you, you receive both a promise from God today and also a call. Nothing, nothing can separate you from God's love through Jesus. This is your promise for your life here in this world and even beyond. And it's gifted to you and it's gifted to all people. But you are also then called to bear fruit into this world and in your own unique way, break open to see what is possible. We will see that promise taking shape in Ethan and Lucy today, but it is also something that is in each of our hearts. It's a call for us as a community. It's disrupting, but it's also exciting. May God be with us, let it be so. Amen.